One, two, and two. All right. Upload day is Tuesday, December 20th. It is Monday, December 19th. Here we go in three, two. After our first week off in 324 episodes, we're back. Missed you. Thank you for being here. This is not a guest-driven podcast. Rarely do we ever have guests, but you know when we have one, they're going to be good. Songwriter Greg Barnhill. This episode of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act. Greg Barnhill, Walk Away Joe. Songs for Dina Carter, Gary Allen, Amy Grant and Vince Gill, Chicago, Jessica Simpson, Leanne Womack, Martina McBride, Lone Star, Pam Tillis, Lee Greenwood, Ricky Skaggs, Tim McGraw. After 30 years of recording, the Backstreet Boys just released their first Christmas album. Greg Barnhill didn't just get a cut on the album, he got the radio single. And it could very well become the number one song in America this week. It's a Christmas special, a Christmas miracle, with Greg Barnhill this episode of Cadillac Check, My Second Act. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to my second act. It's a podcast where we talk about things you're already talking about with your family and your friends. We have conversations about pop culture. We have things, uh, conversations about uh, things in the news, social media, and music, and things you love just like we do. And often endearing and revealing conversations about marriage, parenting, and personal growth after a week off. We're back. Episode 324, I believe, of Cadillac Check, My Second Act. My name's Donna. I'm Caddy's wife. Do you want to talk about your little uh, um, sure. sabbatical? Uh, well, I, you know, listen, here's the thing. Um, we have done three years. We're coming up on the three-year mark of this podcast, and we have never taken a week off. We've missed two episodes out of 324, and that's when my mom passed and when my dad passed. Uh, other than that, there's been no break. I, I think that sometimes people have – I think that a lot of people have no idea – the amount of time and, and, and work that goes into producing a quality podcast. I, I think it's fair to say that this is a quality podcast. You can come in and you can hit record and you can roll and you can have bad microphones and bad processing and sound like you're in a wind tunnel and talk as long as you want to talk, talk about yourself, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Talk about nothing. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's intriguing to you personally and maybe to your listening base. That's what they want. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a job is what it is. Uh, if you do it at the level at which, which we do, and that means servicing clients, that means compelling content, that means planning, that means uh, harvesting, cobbling together audio, editing. Uh, for every episode of this podcast, there's probably 12 hours of, of work total that on both of our parts. And no, also, it's really on you. Well, come on now. And, 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 and the app and podcast network as well. I, I would say a minimum of 12 hours of, 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 of work goes into each episode. It got to the point where between radio, which is my real job, and the podcast, and dealing with uh, the Hatfields and the McCoys, which would be uh, my sister and I, and dealing with the passing of my dad three weeks ago, and I just I, I I I'd had enough, and I was I was drowning, literally drowning. Um. So, I, am, I, am I in a better place? You would probably disagree after today. Um. But I I think that I am. I it was it was I it was restful. It was a lot of things. But we're coming back now after a week off, and we got Christmas Sunday. Uh, we have our beautiful daughter coming home from UT from Knoxville as a freshman. Charlotte's home, uh, you know, out of school. She's a junior in high school. Uh, Will's here, twenty-three year old, uh, our son. And um, we have a hole in our baby room. We have a hole in our roof still. You maybe thought in the last week that would have gotten fixed since we've been off, but uh, we're still waiting on the insurance adjustment. Well, we're wrestling. We're wrestling with them. Um, there, you know, and everybody. Um 
everybody has a lot going on right now, this time of the year. And um, I want to say to you, I think the most important thing, and we, we talked about this personally between the two of us, we spend, and I'm getting ready to talk about um, the untimely passing of, of Twitch and all that stuff. But I think we spend a lot of time because we feel it's really important. And we try to be super transparent and realistic on this podcast because we struggle with things just like you guys do. Um, it's not always clowns and balloons. And the thing that I was really proud of you about is that you kind of raised your hand and you said, I got to take a break. I'm hitting a wall. And I think that there's a badge of honor in society sometimes for multitasking and grinding and doing all the stuff you're supposed to do to be successful. And that's great. But at some point, that does take a toll on your mental health. And um, and you start dropping balls. And you're really just not a service to anyone. And so, um, you know, in Europe, they have no problem taking an enormous amount of time off. Their employers let them in you know, in Mexico, people laugh, but they, you know, they do, they power it's down and take siestas, siestas and stuff. Yeah. So I think that there's nothing wrong with that. And I also think that, you know, when I was much younger, everything had to be perfect. Um, and I've given that up. I gave that up a long time ago. And so um, our house is much messier. I'm dealing with the roof people. It's not going to get solved in the next day. Um, I still have some presents to buy, but you know what? It's all going to get done. It's all going to get done. And I just think sometimes you just have to take a deep breath. And, you know, it, it feels like when it rains, literally it pours and everything's coming at you at one time. But, you know, just sometimes you just need to take a deep breath and just do what you can do. And that doesn't mean just throw your hands up and go, you know, screw it. I'm going to do a crappy job. Just I'm doing the best I can do. You know, it's okay to say that sometimes. And I think for you, um, that one week isn't going to ra- wrap up processing grief and all the things that you've been through this year, but it's a start, you know, and everybody's got to start somewhere and it's a start is a start, right? It is. It is. And you're right. Um, you know, I think that the, the dad's death um, allowed some issues from mom's passing almost a year and a week to the, to the day that I didn't deal with then kind of th- those have crept back up. And it's just, um, it's just a lot. I'm not gonna lie. It's a lot. I, I feel overwhelmed. I feel, um, you know, I saw a billboard that said, uh, it's okay to say you're not okay. Uh, I think it was a, uh, I think it was a hospital somewhere. Uh, not, it was not Atlanta. And I pulled over and I looked at the billboard. And I kept looking at it. It's okay to say you're not okay. What's not okay though, is to know that you're not okay and not ask for help. Yes. Um, and I'm not okay. It's a, it's a, it's a process. You know, I just, it, it's, I, I feel the most overwhelmed I've ever felt in my entire life. And I don't think that it should be that way. Uh, I, I led morning show teams for, for decades, uh, in Atlanta. I work for myself basically now, you know, I mean, I'm a contract employee for five or six different companies doing during, you know, doing their, you know, various things and, 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 and marketing and PR and, and, and radio and podcasting and, 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 and endorsements and spokesperson for this. And, you know, I don't think that I should feel this overwhelmed, but for whatever reason I am, when I was able to, to sneak away for a couple of days, I made my way down to uh, the beach, which I had not had a vacation in probably five years and not been to the beach in gosh, I've it probably five years. You have a group of friends that just kind of make you laugh and make you make you make you just be able to get away for a little while and and, and forget everything that's going on. And for me, that uh, one of those friends is Joanna Cotton. Uh, Joanna is no longer with Eric, but for years she toured with Eric Church and is on basically every album he's ever recorded and every tour and every award show. It was Joanna Cotton standing by his side uh, singing. Um, Joanna lives down at Thirty A, 
and our good friend Greg Barnhill was also in town. Greg is a very seasoned Nashville songwriter, and not just Nashville hits. Greg's just a songwriter, writes for everybody. Well, he and Joanna were doing some co-writing while I was down there, and uh, Greg had a couple of shows. In conversation while at the beach, Greg had mentioned to me that he wrote the current hit for the Backstreet Boys that's in the top five this week on the chart. It is a Christmas song, and it's called Christmas in New York. Now, the Backstreet Boys have been around for 30-plus years. They have never, until this year, released a Christmas album. It's their very first album uh, with holiday, with Christmas music. They found this song that Greg had written 20 years ago called Christmas in New York, and it's a classic, beautiful, elegant Christmas song. And it had been on hold 20 years ago for one particular artist who everybody knows, but he didn't wind up recording it. So for about 20 years, this song's been sitting on a shelf. June, July, the Backstreet Boys and their reps are looking for songs to record for the Christmas album, and they come upon this song from, from Greg Barnhill, and they love it. And they record it, and not only do they include it on the album, they release it as the single to radio, the official radio single. Well, since that's happened, the City of New York Tourism Authority has bought the rights to the song, and they, they have been on a national ad campaign using Greg's song, Christmas in New York, to encourage people to come to New York during the holidays and to, to spend time in New York during the holidays. I said to Greg, Don and I would love to have you on the podcast to talk about the, this song and its, its, its beginnings and it being on hold and then being taken off hold and then just sitting around for 20 years. And now uh, it could very well become the biggest hit of Greg Barnhill's entire career. And Greg's had some hit hits. Matter of fact, let me share some of them with you right now. Trisha Yearwood's Walk Away Joe with Don Henley. You got a Grammy nomination for this song. sure. Brian McComas was the artist back in the early 2000s. John Barry, she's taking a shot. Amy Grant and Vince Gill with this one. Tim McGraw, one of my favorite Tim McGraw songs of all time from Place in the Sun. I wrote this one for Tim. Right there for a minute, I forgot that you don't love me. You wrote it with Kim Carnes, and she did uh, backup vocals on this one with Tim. Anymore. Many hits, but not all of them by any stretch. Many hits of uh, Greg Barnhill. Music is our primary classification for Apple Podcasts. There are... 43,000 podcasts that are classified as music every week, active podcasts. Uh, And every week, thanks to you, we land in the top 100 of 43,000 podcasts. And we are so grateful and thankful for that. Um, We love music just as much as you do. Music is therapeutic. Music can uh, take you back to a a moment in time of celebration. Music can take you back to a, a moment in time of desperation. Music can take you anywhere. Backstreet Boys are celebrating the 25th anniversary of their very first top 10 hit, Quit Playing Games With My Heart. Quit playing games with my heart. And 
25 years, there's nothing really the Backstreet Boys have not done when it comes to music and awards and record-breaking tours. But one thing, and that's producing and releasing a Christmas album. Until now. A very Backstreet Christmas, originally scheduled for release last year, was bought because of COVID-19 and released on October 14, 2022 and hit number one on the album chart that we can release. Let your heart be Always put their twist on classics like White Christmas, Silent Night, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. They continue to break records on the DNA World Tour. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas just like the ones I used to know. A very backstreet Christmas available now. Plus, Christmas in New York, a song written nearly 20 years ago by Greg Barnett. Greg Barnhill joins the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast. Congratulations, man. What a good Could become the number one song in America this week. The album dropped back in October. It's uh, number one on the album charts. And uh, is selling, man, selling big time. Let me tell you something, man. This thing's been selling, like, unexpectedly. They're just such great guys, all of them. And, you know, they're just, they all have family. They're family guys, man. They're like, you know. Yeah, they are. And to have them, and, and, and we didn't realize the fan base, man, that the fan base is, like, close to a billion or something. It's, like, ridiculous. They've been around for a it's long, like, long time, man. Uh, yeah, but they, I mean, they stack it up, and it's been—it's like amazing how many uh, how many fans they have. They were beating up BTS and guys like you know you'd, you'd expect young guys like BTS to be like the hot new thing and be like you know have the most fans. They they were the number one touring act before COVID. They were the number one touring act out of everybody. The, really how, how many of them are there? Can you name them, Probably, Greg Barnhill? Can you name all of them? Yeah, like I, I, I uh, Howie, AJ, Brian. Uh, Brian, um, um, uh, um, um, now, Bates, no, uh, Howie, AJ, Brian, Josh, Bates, 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 Bates. It's like, it's like hollering, it's like rattling off uh, Santa's reindeer. Yeah, right, exactly. I couldn't do it either, but I tell you, there's five of them, I believe, is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I became the sixth Backstreet Boy on my ride home after seeing you listening to that <laughs> album. I tell you, I can harmonize, I, I was beautifully, I was harmonizing beautifully with Greg Barnhill. I was. I sounded fantastic. As the sixth Backstreet Boy. A very Backstreet <laughs> Christmas, I think is the name of it, right? Yeah. Uh, A very Backstreet Christmas. And it's, it's out on vinyl, too, man. Pretty, pretty amazing. We used to say it was never final till it's vinyl. They used to say that, yeah, back in the day. You know, you, you get a hold, and they say, you don't count on it, man. It's never final till it's vinyl. I think people are fascinated yep. by the music industry, specifically songwriting. Uh, explain to uh, to listeners of the pod uh, what a hold is, because we talk about music okay. behind the scenes quite a bit during the podcast. Okay, what, what, what will happen is the label or somebody from the label will say, hey, we want to put a hold on this song. And, and, and that just means, hey, we want... We don't want anybody else. Uh, we, we don't want you to pitch this to anybody else. We're doing it. We want to do this song. And it's an honorary kind of thing. I mean, you, you honor system kind of thing where you don't pitch it, you know, kind of bad taste to pitch it out from under somebody. And, uh, you know, people have kind of honored that for the longest time. It's just been kind of a rule, of, 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 of unspoken rule. 
that when something's on hold, you don't pitch it. Especially with the big artist, you know what I mean? Now, you know, if a, you know, a guy that was a, you know, that was a, maybe a, you know, not such a great artist or something, you know, you, you, you know, Kim McGraw or somebody like right, or right. whoever came on wanted to pitch, you know, you wanted to do it, you'd have to think about it, you know what I mean? If you go up, weigh, weigh the options, you know, what I want to do here. But you also, that artist might, you're pitching out from under, may become the next big guy. But when an artist puts a song of yours on hold, is there a time limit? Is there a is there a statute of limitations? Is there uh, is it just you can you can you, you can rest on it, sleep on it as long as you want? What, what's the rule? Or is there? Well, we, well, there's no real rule. I mean, it's just like you just call them. You, we call them and ask them, "Is it still on hold?" Or they usually let you know. Uh, uh, but no, normally, it's within a month or you know, two a couple of months. You know, a month or the longest. I mean, two a couple of months is the longest I should say. Uh, and, and they. You know, you call them and they say, well, we're not doing the song. You know, we've moved on to something else. Or we, we love the song. Yes, we're still doing it. So, you know, that that is what kind of, you know, the rules are never hard and fast. But that's kind of, the, right. the, you know, uh, and a lot of Where do artists find songs? And, and we're going to talk here in just a moment with Greg Barnhill about the current Backstreet Boys hit, which is uh, How on the Charts and Selling... Uh, the new Christmas album that they have out, and and you have the, the the single on the album right now called Christmas in New York. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in a second, yeah. and and who had that song on hold twenty years ago, and what happened there, and 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 how BSB picked it up. The question from uh from Kansas City is just that: How do artists find your songs? Uh, is it BMI? Is it ASCAP? Is it? Or what what do they call the song well, Pitchman? Uh, there's a there's a term for them, right? Song pluggers. Yes, song pluggers. Yes, yes, yes. But in this case, you know, uh, Gary Baker, the writer, uh, was, has been friends with Backstreet Boys for over 30 years, okay. close to 30 years. And, you know, uh, anyway, he pitched it to him and they did it. And it just, you know, they, they you know, he, he's, we've worked with him on several different, several different occasions. And at this particular occasion, they just decided to do it. And it, and it worked out to be a new classic, kind of this new Christmas classic. It's weird. What, what the life of it, it has taken on, you know? So, and, um, there's never really been a definitive song about Christmas in New York. Right. That's really made or stuck out. And this has kind of become this, uh, accidental classic. You know what I mean? It was, it was for lack of a better term. going to be hard for, to beat the Backstreet Boys version because it, Gary Baker produced it and then it's incredible. I, I had no reference, Greg, of the song. Didn't even know it was out there until I saw you Thursday night. I'm, I'm driving back and I pull it up on Spotify. I listened to it and I was blown away by the production value. I was blown away by everything about this song. It's just, it's a smash, man. It's a great song. It's so well written. It's so well produced. You know, it was the weirdest way when we wrote the song. It was so weird. It was Walt Aldridge. Walt Walt is the other writer on this. Walt Aldridge. He was written several country hits. He you look up where he's I mean, laundry list of country hits he's written. So anyway, he and I and Gary Baker were in Muscle Shoals, where the old Muscle Shoals uh, sound down by the river in Muscle Shoals, and we just decided to write. He said, "Hey, let's just write a country. I mean, a, a, a Christmas song." You know, we just sat down and it just kind of happened. It just was like within a couple of hours, we had a song. It was just like, we just, we don't know what, we didn't have any rhyme or reason to it. We just 
wanted to write a great kind of classy kind of Christmas song. And we kind of tested ourselves in, 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 in doing that. And so Walt, you know, he's a, he's a great guitarist as well and writer. And uh, it just, it, the way it all just came together was just like, you know, like the magic happens. You know, I, I, I tell people, you know, we sit in rooms and we try to write songs every day, but when the, the real songs come to you. You know what I mean? You, you, they just come and you, you better have a pen and a piece of paper ready because they're going to come when they happen. You know, and you better write them down and they're gone. Because you try to remember them the next morning, you're gone. You, that's, you know, right, right. That's, uh, it's just sort of a mysterious thing. And the best songs happen pretty, pretty quick. You, go, you write them pretty quickly. You know, if you labor over something, you know, I've, I've had songs where I've labored over, I thought they were great songs and I labored over them and they, just, they didn't do anything. But the quickest ones, like the, the hits, seem to come really quick, you know, and they're 45 minutes to two hours. And they're written, you know. What's the biggest hit that took you the least amount of time to write, Greg? Um, I'd have to say one of the first hits I had was Same Old Love by Ricky Skaggs. More same old, same old love Is all I need Yes, I'll never get enough Your same old love And it was like we sat, uh, Chris Austin, who's no longer with us, he was with, it, uh, with Reba McIntyre. Back in the okay. day, and right. on the, he, on the and I, yeah. he and I sat down in a room, and it it, it, it just popped out like you know, like half an hour, forty five minutes. It was one of those kind of songs, and it just had that real hooky chord. Right. Same old, same old love. Half bluegrassy, half it was sort of country bluegrass, and it was really out of character for Ricky Skaggs to do anything like that at the time, and he did put it out, and it was like a single, and it was a uh, really a, a different thing for him to do, but it. it got some pretty good radio airplay you know at the time so but um that one that was a pretty quick one have you ever gone back and discovered one that you forgot about that that, that you did not write down or i guess in this day and age is oh yeah man. And things like that just uh there's, there's these guys called the kentucky music mafia and a guy called me and and he said hey man i got this song of yours and we love we really want to like we like it and we want to cut it and this is about a couple of months back uh he called me and he uh and uh, it was a song I'd forgotten totally about. And it was a great song. I went, wow, man. Uh, so he, he, they picked it up, and I, evidently they were doing something with it. So, um, But it was just a, you know, a, song, a great song I'd forgotten about. We, we write so many songs that we forget about things. And then you go back and you go, wow, that's really good. That was a good song. You know, what we'll do with a song is like, well, we'll modernize the production. I'll take it back in the studio and, and make it sound like a modern day with, with, with you know, would you do it in modern day, you know, take and re re envision the song, you know, as it would be to play today by a new artist, by a young artist, and then rewrite it for that. But sometimes it, you, you have to, because of, you know, the, the, the vernacular changes with right. time. Right. You know? True. Good point. Good point. And so you have to adjust and, 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 and anything done to, because I know you told me Thursday night when we were together, that Christmas in New York, the new Backstreet Boys single, uh, was written 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Was there anything redone yep. or retooled or twerked, if you will, tweaked uh, with that Not song a, to make it more modern? No, because we didn't want we didn't want to we we didn't want to touch that because that was like that, that's, that's it, part of the shine, classic. right? Yeah, yeah. And it yeah, would make it you know it's it, it's up there with a you know it feels like it's, it it feels like it belongs with with uh you know Nat King Cole and and uh really and, does. and whatever other guys are out there. And I'm not trying to say we're good, you know, good. It just feels like that is what i'm saying it, just well, it feels sounds like, like that too um it just it takes you back in time i want to ask you about the final 10 seconds of the song because as i'm listening to it for the first uh, 300 times 
the Backstreet Boys version. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm missing that. That is something right there. Well, it's almost like an Easter egg in the song. Yeah. Here, here's uh, here's the moment I'm talking about. I went, wait a minute, Greg. Wow. That is New York, New York. Yeah. Uh, was that added for the single for them, or was that originally part of the song 20 years ago? That's Gary Baker's magic production show is what that is. He he, he comes up with that kind of stuff, and, and he, he just when he was in there with them, he, he, they, they talked about it. And, and, uh, that, it's that's beautiful, Gary. man. I rewound it about 10 times, and I finally went, it brings, in, in my mind, as a listener and a fan of music, Greg, it brings like a, a Sinatra type mm-hmm. uh, feel or, or or sound to it. It's, it's, it's very subtle. It's it's hidden almost. When I finally got it, yeah. I went, man, that's magical. Every time I hear it, I find something new in it because you know I listen to it and you go, wow, it, there's like a little uh, vocal part that sticks out you you might have missed. And it's just, you know it's great when songs when you can put them on play or you know on a repeat and you you know you you don't you don't get tired of them. You know, and that's. The magic of, you know, Gary's production, he kind of does that. You know, he buries things in there. And the guys have a lot to do with that, too. They're just very, very talented guys. It's yeah. available now everywhere you stream music, everywhere, everywhere you download music. A very backstreet Christmas yeah. 20 years ago. And it was uh, it was Tony Bennett, you said Thursday night during your show, who, who put it on hold 20 years ago. Well, it's funny, yeah, they were going to do They were thinking about maybe doing it. And uh, nothing really ever happened with that. The thing about it is, is it's been looked at a couple of times by people, but never really taken. You know, and now what will happen is next year, you know, since the Backstreet Boys cut it, there'll be a lot of there'll be people covering the song, you know, and it's just the magic of when you have a great song like that. It's, you know, it, 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 great songs always get re, uh, get covered by somebody, right. you know, and, and it's just like Walk Away Joe was like that. You know, it got covered by a lot of uh, by, by, by different people in, you know, in uh, different genres, you know, I just had a, a, a weird thing happen where. We my wife was on the, 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 she was in the living room one night. She uh, pulled up the song. She goes, did you write a song called The Will of the Wind? And I said, yeah, well, that was a long time ago. A guy named Jim Photobo sang it. And it was huge overseas. It had like a hundred, close to a hundred million views or something overseas in Indonesia and the Philippines. <laughs> I didn't even know about it, you know? So that's the world we live in today. So you, so you got, you got, you got, a mail, you got mailbox money. Yeah, exactly. That's what it, yeah. I've asked Greg for 20 minutes of his time. Uh, we wound up talking for over an hour because I also, I probably like you, I'm fascinated by the music business. I'm fascinated by the songwriting, the money, uh, how it's done, the processes, uh, the artist relations, how the artists find the songs that they record. And Greg can, can, can talk about all of that because he lives it. He lives it every single day. Uh, so what we're going to do is break the conversation with Greg Barnhill into two parts. Part two of the conversation in Thursday's episode. That's Thursday, December 22nd. Thursday's conversation is about write a word, get a third. We recently had, Donna, we had the conversation during the podcast about um, if you write a song and you just contribute one single word, you get a third of the monies from it, the royalties. Is that a law? Where is it written down? Is that really the truth? Greg Barnhill addresses all of that and shares some really interesting stories about artists that you listen to every day that have been affected by. Write a word, get a third. 
What about the money that you make in songwriting? It's part of the conversation for Thursday's episode with Greg Barnhill. We pick a couple of songs, and I say to Greg, listen, through the years, this song has stood the test of time. What did the songwriter, or what has the songwriter made so far in a lifetime with the credits for this song? It's a very lucrative business, but it's a hit-or-miss business, too. And not many have the success of songwriter Greg Barnhill. And uh, I'm grateful for Greg's time, and I think that you're going to enjoy the conversations and learn a lot from them. Uh, This week, during Cadillac Jack, my second act. Gallery Furniture opened this week. Regular hours. going to be closed uh, Christmas Day, of course, on on, on Sunday. But Donna is uh, ready to take your last-minute needs and your last-minute requests. Your last-minute uh, purchases for matches and and, 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 and pull-out sofas and places you can just store people and have people sleep when they come in to spend time with you during uh, this big, bright holiday season, Donna. Yeah, I mean, everybody wants to have guests. Most people love having guests over and having people stay with them and enjoying time with family. That's what the holidays are all about. Believe it or not, it's not about what you get or what presents you get or any of that good stuff. It's about spending time with people you love. So if you um, still need some space and maybe you have some unexpected guests that are coming, maybe you don't love them quite as much, but they're just going to show up at your front door. It is still, um, you still have plenty of time. You can still get mattresses. You can get bed frames. You can get, you know, if you need to get like a small bistro table, if like maybe uh, your, your son who's coming home is bringing home his new girlfriend that you didn't know was coming along. And you're like, I don't even have enough spaces at my table anymore. Go and get one of these really cool bistro tables. And it's not a table like that you're just going to put in your garage it'll give you extra room um, and all these things look great but they don't cost a lot of money but the best part is if you are i'm experiencing some really like tough moments trying to get some things shipped because i've waited a little bit long on a couple things and um you can still drive up there today if you are listening on upload day on tuesday you can still drive up today and you can go ahead and get it and bring it home and you're good to go for christmas and no one will know that you haven't had in your house for two months waiting on them do people really just show up? I don't know. I don't think they show up. I don't know that I'd open the door, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. If you just show up with like suitcases and things, is there a conversation that would lead up to that, don't you think? Probably. Probably so. Or should there not be a conversation that would lead up to, to just a, a family, a rogue family member showing up on your, force, your, your front doorstep? Yeah, stuff? I mean, I don't think, most people don't have rogue family members, but like sometimes people like, you know, you get those calls from your, like your kids and stuff and they're like, hey, such and such, especially with college kids, they don't have anywhere to go, you know, they can't get home to their parents and there's bad weather coming, so you just don't know. So people could be coming up and you know what? They may only be intending to stay one day, but, what? but you're monitoring the radar and they end up staying for four or five days. I mean, that can happen. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Browns Bridge Road, Gainesville. Great follow on Instagram at ask for Wolfman Furniture. On Instagram, you can see all the pieces that uh, come in every single week. they got several truckloads of furniture comes in. Affordable, good-looking, high-quality furniture for every room in your house. Hashtag ask for the Wolfman, ask for Donna. Gallery Furniture, Gainesville. Week, uh, have you seen the forecast for Atlanta for this weekend? It's supposed to be freezing. 13, it is freezing now. I hate cold weather. 13 degrees on... Uh, Christmas Eve night, 13 degrees. Yeah, I said the other day, somebody said said to me, they go, oh my gosh, it's so cold. I said, it is cold as Chris Kringle's dingle in Alaska. Chris Kringle, Chris Kringle's dingle. That's Santa Claus, right? Somebody. Um, so it's going to be cold this weekend. And it's got to warm up for New Year's weekend. Certainly. When you, when, it shouldn't be this way that if you if you trade the cold for Christmas weekend, then you get beautiful weather for New Year's weekend, right? Is that not the rule? Should yeah, it not be the so. rule? I think so. What we're hoping for, Don? Yeah. Okay.
we would love to have you here in uh, Awesome Alpharetta for New Year's Eve. If you are needing to look ahead, and maybe those same people that are going to show up uh, and just knock on your, your front door are going to want some uh, New Year's Eve plans. You can have those right here in Awesome Alpharetta as uh, we bring in the new year, which will be 20, what is next year? It's 2023, right? 2023. Wow. Goodness gracious sakes alive already, huh? Here we go. Um, awesome Alpharetta is looking to celebrate New Year's Eve with you. Whether you're a local, whether you're new in town, or just passing through, come on. We love strangers. You'll be sure to find something to do. Ring in New Year's at these Alpharetta New Year's Eve celebrations. And they include Donna, Roaring Social, Noon Year's Eve at Avalon, the American Legion. How about that? Go to the Legion. I know a lot of people who, um, like Mom and Al, used to go there all the time. And a lot of people have a great time New Year's on uh, at the Legion's. Velvet Note, Fairway Social, and uh, they're updating the page every day at awesomeoffroad.com where you can find out what's going on. Let's talk about um, let's talk about Noon Year's Eve. This is a trend that kind of started uh, not too long ago. It's really geared towards the kids, right, Donna? Yeah, and it's a great way for you to spend time with your kids, your young kids, or even a little bit older, um, and have a great celebration with them. Because you know what? Like, here's what's so funny about like Noon Year's. You just you don't pop the bubbly, but you pop the apple juice and you like, yay! And all they want to do is like give you a big hug and a kiss on New Year's because that's what they see everybody doing. And then they're like, they think it's over. They don't know that there's a whole nother celebration that's getting ready to come that night. Until so, they turn 21. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a great way for you. Cause, you know, it was always like, that's always the way that you always kind of feel guilty. They didn't do a lot of these when we had younger kids. We didn't have to. Well, I was going to say when I was a kid, they didn't have this at all. And so ours, you know, we would always go up to the mountains and our kids would stay with Grammy and they had a good time. They'd bang pots and pans, probably center of the edge. Um, and we would go out. So I think it's a great way that, you know, so you don't feel bad about kind of leaving your kids, you know, while you're out hooping it up. The Hotel at Avalon and Alfred Conference Center is going to host noon year's eve, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Uh, consider that with the, for the young set. Mercantile Social has a New Year's Eve celebration from 5 p.m. to oh, 2 a.m. Boy. That's North Main Street. No reservation required. No shirt required, too, I bet. I, don't, I didn't say well, that. You wouldn't know. Uh, yeah. Bringing the new year in downtown Alpharetta. Great food, music, and uh, the final night. Of the Christmas pop-up bar. That's right. Yes, they've been having the pop-up bar. They're very yeah, successful Yeah, it's kind of cool. They've got the coolest little drinks, like rowdy reindeers and stuff like that. Uh, the Hamilton High Rollers New Year's Eve celebration, 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. They're on a, they're directly there in downtown. Uh, we're next door to Mercantile Social. Uh, also, New Year's Eve celebration at City Eats Kitchen starts at 7 p.m. I mean, you just stumble all around, Alpharetta. No cover charge. Limited space. Reservations are highly encouraged. They're going to have the uh, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl on the big screen. going to have live entertainment from 10 to 1 Menus available at City Eats, complimentary glass of champagne at midnight, drink specials too. What do you got, Donna, for New Year's Eve? I just, I'm just ready to roll. I am ready to roll. I'm going to have my goofy glasses on. I'm ready to go. I love New Year's Eve. Love it. Check out the uh, updates every day this week and in next week too of uh, different locations around Awesome Alpharetta hosting New Year's Eve celebrations. You'll find the page at awesomealpharetta.com. Come play a while. Stay a while. Find your awesome and ring in 2023 with us here in awesome Alpharetta, North Fulton. That's where we are, about 30 miles directly north of downtown Atlanta. Next episode of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part two of the conversation with uh, songwriter Greg Barnhill. We're going to converse about write a word, get a third. Conversation, Donna, you brought into a podcast episode about uh, two weeks ago. Yes. How, how did it come up? Miranda and Luke, I believe. Luke Holmes. Yeah, we were just talking Lambert. about that that's what, you know, you don't have to be a huge, um, you don't have to have had a huge footprint on a song to get mailbox money. Do you think that any of that is fabricated at all? What we said? Right. Well, no, not just what we said, but I mean, just in general. Write a word, get a third. Do you I think, think there's probably. truth to that at all? No, I don't know. Do you think it's one word? Is it three words? Is I don't know. It, Are it, you going to tell literally us? Literally just or? one word. I don't know. Are you going to tell us? You're going to find out next episode. Okay. We also talk money. 
We also talk money. You and should it, never talk money with people. Okay. Well, I, I, we, I specifically don't thank you for your direction. I specifically chose, chose songs that, 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 that Greg did not have a hand in writing because I thought it'd be rude to ask him how much he made off of Walk Away Joe. Like you tell us the truth. I wouldn't tell you. You know, what do, what do you think you made off Walk Away Joe? I mean, I wouldn't tell you if I wrote it and you asked me. And I am Nozella. So, I mean, if uh, I had, if I, uh, yeah, I probably would ask him directly. Millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Because I think that there's this big misconception. We talked about this. That, 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 well, how much money could they be missing out on? You'd be surprised. If it's a song that uh, that goes all the way to the top, and he got a Grammy nomination for Walk Away Joe, too. Uh, he also, uh, you heard him earlier in this episode talking about the fact that, uh, that, that when people cover the song, you, know, you also get that cash, too. You know, he was talking about the, uh, the, the Backstreet Boys Christmas in New York song. Next year, people, other artists and other formats and genres of music will cover that song and release it. He gets all that money, too. So it just, it just hand over fist. We need to write a song, Donna. I've well, written you one. Did. Cooter Brown. Yes, I've written one. So. I should have, we should have pitched that to Greg. I don't know why you didn't. Cooter Brown. What was the name of it? Uh, was it just Cooter Brown? You've been Cooter Brown. You've been Cooter Brown. Yes. Why well, have to go back and grab that episode? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you're doing. Why you're not like pitching me, but whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, you also um, are making mailbox money, hand over fist. Um, I don't know if you Am saw, I? I left it on your that. little area where you kind of work down there. Um, I got a penny. You got a penny. Yeah, wow. And it costs how much for a stamp now? For, from SAG. Explain everyone what you got a penny for. Uh, for, for my acting chops in, in Hope and Faith, the, uh, the, 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 the rom-com, what'd you call it, on ABC TV back in the, uh, back in the heyday of, of great TV. I'm thinking like there should be something that like you you have to opt in as a SAG member. That well, technically I'm not even that. Well, that if your proceeds are less than a dollar, a two dollars, they they're given. You get to pick a charity that they go to. I mean, how? I mean, because imagine all the people who are SAG penny. members who get are and, and the amount of checks they're cutting, the postage, just stupid. That's just stupid. So you know what? Merry Christmas. You can have that. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. How many of those do I get a year? Two. Okay. Does it say where it aired? Uh, probably on there somewhere. Like in the Philippines or something? Something like that. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, all next episode. Cadillac Jack, my second act, part two of the conversation with Greg Barnhill. We'll talk money and uh, the riches that are in songwriting when you get that hit and not a miss. And there are a lot of misses, but when you get that hit. Audio for this episode of Cadillac Jack, my second act. MCA Records and Trisha Yearwood for Walk Away Joe. Capital Nashville Records and John Barry for She's Taking a Shine. Lyric Street Records, a division of Disney and Brian McComas for 99.9% sure. EMI Records and Amy Grant, Vince Gill for House of Love, Curb Records Nashville and Tim McGraw for You Don't Love Me Anymore, Epic Records Nashville and Ricky Skaggs for Same Old Love, Jive Records and the Backstreet Boys for Christmas in New York and a very Backstreet Christmas. Let's talk about the letter real quick. Elon has has canceled the uh, has canceled Get Review by Twitter, which is a platform. I know you're going to be just so upset about this, Don, because you, you were the voice of, of people that just raised hell when we changed formats and, and platforms to to get review from Twitter. Elon has, is letting it go. Matter of fact, I think that he's done. I think you, yeah, I, matter of fact, let me see if I can access mine right now real quick. Can you tell a joke or something real quick? Why do this? Here's my thing. Like I wouldn't want to be, I would not want to be associated with anything right now with Elon. Cause he's gone nutty. He has gone nutty. Since we're shutting review down, learn more. Uh, I don't even know that I can do an, uh, an issue this weekend. To be honest with you. Um, mm. it'll let me edit. If, if I can, I will. Right, we so. have fallen off the map. Well, it's not that at all. Elon has, has, has taken away review. Get, get review from, from Twitter, which was the news, newsletter platform that millions of very successful newsletters like ours used every week to keep their, their fans and friends and loyal customers in, 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 in the know, Donna, in the know. Mm. Text left on red. 
Red is the color, no spaces, R-E-D to the number 22828 to subscribe to the letter. And I'll try to push out episode or issue rather 144, I think it would be this Saturday at 910. Absolutely free for now. That could change at any time. But you'll notice about that. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll force them out as long as we can. But uh, Elon is removing, is, is, is firing everybody at, uh, at review, our newsletter. Well, he's uh, just platform. firing everybody. Our thanks to Gallery Furniture, Donna, for her support of the podcast. Gallery Furniture, 1600 Brownsbridge Road, Gainesville. Guaranteed financing with six months on the job in a checking account. Ford, built Ford tough and faithful Ford, home of the lifetime powertrain warranty. Brightmore Healthcare. My second act is also brought to you by Awesome Alpharetta. Play a while, stay a while, come ring in 2023 and find your awesome in awesomealpharetta.com. Delta, Atlanta's hometown airline. Ollie's, of course. Ollie's, good stuff that's cheap. And T-Mobile, reliable home internet for 50 bucks a month. Guests of the My Second Night Podcast State Properties owned and managed by Paramount Hospitality Management, the brands you know depend on and trust, Marriott, Hilton, and Weston. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act, part of the Appen Podcast Network. Thanks to executive producers Hans Appen, Carl Appen, and Steve Mitchell with production assistance here in Atlanta with Ingo Studios.